This is episode 45 with Song Laran and Dave Salvin, co-founders of Squire. You're listening to The Multiplier Effect, an Endeavor podcast. What we learned over time is bad people have similar traits. Good people have similar traits. It's all pattern matching. It's all pattern matching. And usually the red flags are consistent among those cohorts of people who act the same. And you want to look for the commonality between high-performing workers and, and low-performing workers. Welcome back to another episode of The Multiplier Effect. We are thrilled to be joined by two incredible entrepreneurs from our Western New York regional office, Song Laron and Dave Salvant, co-founders of Squire. Today's episode is co-hosted by Managing Director John Gavigan. Song and Dave both grew up with a deep appreciation for their time spent with their barber on a monthly basis. Song received his bachelor's from UCLA, graduating cum laude before going to Yale to receive his JD. After law school, he spent four years practicing as a corporate attorney, and Dave worked in corporate finance and sales at J.P. Morgan and AXA. And the two met while launching their careers in New York City and became friends. As they got to know one another, one of the sentiments they both shared was a desire to become entrepreneurs and apply their skills in building a business. On the side, while Song continued to work as a corporate attorney and Dave received his MBA from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, the two began to brainstorm ideas and conduct market research on the concepts they felt could generate long-term value and solve their own pain points leading to the launch of Squire. Squire developed the first all-in-one technology-enabled point-of-sale and business management system specifically designed to cater to men's barbershops and salons. Founded in 2015, the team has seen incredible growth and certainly knows a thing or two about talent acquisition, building a sustainable network, and developing a high-productivity team starting from the C-suite. So John, take it away. So Dave Song, welcome. I, I, I'm happy to be talking to you guys again. You know, we always have a lot of fun together and been around each other a long, long time since uh, almost the beginning of your company. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. How's everybody doing? That's great. Yeah, Squire, you know, you guys coming through the Western New York ecosystem on after winning 43 North back in 2017. What an amazing ride and journey that was. And you guys were still young pups at that point, and then and then all of a sudden you, you started grow. You know your your company started growing, and you were attracting all sorts of attention, and and all of a sudden you're a much bigger company, and you're headed in amazing directions. What was always impressive to me was that you kept your values, your energy, your spirit through it all. So the journey journey has been pretty cool. Now you're an Endeavor company, and and we're supporting you with our global resources and. All the while, you guys just keep on plugging along, making this thing work, and a, a better organization. So, how's it? How's the journey been? It's been a, it's been a wild ride. Super grateful to be where we are, and we've received a lot of support from Endeavor, Western New York, from Forty Three North, the Buffalo community, and so many people to help us get where we where we are. But the way I always feel like it, I, I still feel like a young company. You know, I still feel like we have so far to go, and we're barely scratching the surface. So yeah, we've we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, I would, you know, add in that, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, up, up times and down times as well. You know, there was times where, you know, we would think, you know, when is this going to end in terms of like the, the bad times, but there's good times. And I think 
what we realized over the last, you know, six or so years that it's a marathon mixed with a roller coaster. And, you know, so you just got to go over the hills when you can and, and there's going to be a valley coming soon. So, you know, just keep positive and keep, you know, even teeled so you can weather the storms, whether good or good, good whether good or bad. Uh-huh. I think what's so cool and, and really it's a it's a great segue into the into the topic that we have today. The overarching topic today is your attitude you know, your, the combined attitude of, of Dave and Song and, and how that permeates into the culture of Squire is always positive. And you guys always seem to take what's thrown at you with a grain of salt and optimism and, 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 and a very bold attitude. And, and I just, I've always admired that about you guys. And to watch you mature, frankly, leveraging that attitude, but mature into becoming really good executives, tech executives, and honing your skills and, and, and attracting great talent to your company and developing that talent, I just think is uh, one of the great rewards of being a part of your, your journey. To watch you guys grow has been a great joy. And uh, I think there's a lot more blue ocean in front of you than behind you. And I'm, I'm eager to see what is in front of you and, and where you guys are ultimately able to go. What One of the things that I've, I've admired a lot about Esquire is your ability to attract, develop, and retain some of the best talent out there today, you know? And, and, and a lot of people talk about talent and it's so much of the focus, and so much of the focus is really on hiring. But retention's really often overlooked. Experts are, are saying right now that this is the hottest job market the U.S. has seen in decades, which puts a lot more options really than ever before in front of the best talent, and including some of those who currently work for Squire. So how do you guys really intentionally retain your best people, particularly in, in markets like we're seeing today? Yeah, that's a good question, and I agree with your statement, this is one of the hottest markets. We've definitely been experiencing that, unlike any other time in our history, at least, in terms of you know how many our candidates and, and our employees have. So I think that the, the biggest thing that any company can, can really cultivate that will, that will help with this is really culture. And, and that's something that we've been, we've been big on from the beginning, kind of building that culture, the Squire culture creating an environment that people, you know, feel like they're part of something. Because if it's just for the dollar, if it's just a check, then you're going to lose people as soon as somebody offers them more money. So you really got to try to think about what's special about your company. What, what mission are you going after? How do people feel about how they're treated? All of those types of things really matter. And I think earlier on, we did a lot to lay that foundation. But as we grow and as we scale and, and you know, hire more and more people, it becomes an exercise and like continuing, which is something that, you know, frankly, we're still learning. We're still learning. We haven't been this big for very long. So we're figuring it out as we go. But but I think it all boils down to culture. Yeah, I think culture is the fabric of any company. Culture is what keeps you going up at night or, or keep or makes you send that last email or put in that last line of code. And, you know, especially in this remote environment when people are not attached to each other when they have to connect uh, virtually in this, in this, in this, during the pandemic, the culture is what's going to keep people engaged. And culture is what 
keeps people from going and deflecting, defecting to other companies because this is a hot job and, you know, people will move, you know, you want, you want the choice to be, am I willing to move for, you know, 3% or am I willing to move for 5%, 50%? The 50% you can't do anything about, but the three, 5%, if people are really happy at what they do, they come to you and say, hey, I got another offer instead of just saying I'm leaving. And, and and give you the opportunity to compete and, and match their offers or or some type of other benefit that will make sense for them. And that's what we, we're working towards is to build a dynamic culture that's living, breathing, breathing, and that everybody feels they're a part of. And I think that's what has been our secret sauce so far and why we are here where we are today. I, I would venture in being able to visualize and, and be a you know a part of your team over the years tangentially and, and observing the way you guys operate what's been interesting for me to watch is how you guys actually extend the culture beyond the employee and really it permeates even into your customer base your service provider base it almost seems like the culture that you guys are building actually permeates more than just the employees but it seems to be the ecosystem that surrounds Squire, and I think that's part of what makes you guys really, really special. Reed Hoffman, you know, had said, I, I think there's a really cool line that your first 150 hires are your cultural co-founders, and it's the founder's job to get every one of them right. I mean, how true is that, right? So what, what degree do you think that Squire's core values really factor into your hiring decision is a, is a pathway to really extending your culture? Yeah, it's, it's definitely part of the hiring process. And, you know, early on when we were 10, 20, 30 employees, it was a lot easier to make sure that people we were bringing on were, were kind of ingrained and, and, you know, in the culture and, and a good fit, you know, culturally and, and, and otherwise for the company. But like, as you scale and grow, then it becomes more important to actually build that into your process. Otherwise, it's going to fall through the cracks and it'll be really hard to, to make sure that the people you're bringing on are, you know, in accordance with the values and the culture of the company. So we're, you know, we're, we currently do things like everybody who they're part of the hiring process is there's, there's an HR interview, which is really geared towards, you know, culture. Uh, values it's, it's less about like the skill skills and it's, it's more so about like making sure that they understand both ways that they're a good fit for squire and squire is a good fit for the, for the employee as well and then we also try to have a practice of asking questions in our interview process that that are like behavioral questions which will elicit like some of these things so like you know questions that will will be geared towards seeing like what their values are based you know basing asking them questions based on their, their history. You know, have you been in a situation where this happened and trying to get them, the, the, the candidates to really, you know, speak to the things that we care about. But it's, you know, it's, it's tough. It's not, I'm not going to sit here and say we have it all figured out or that it's easy. You know, we've certainly made mistakes. We don't get it right all the time. And, and it's an ongoing learning experience for us. Yeah. What about you, Dave? What do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I, I think, you know, those questions are important. Those cultural questions are super important, you know, because you want to weed out the bad apple. What we learned over time is bad people, you know, have similar traits. Good people have similar traits. It's all pattern matching. 
It's all pattern matching. And usually the red flags are consistent among those cohorts of people who act the same. And you want to look for the commonality between high-performing workers and, and low-performing workers. And you want to try to make those decisions, those those. You want to do the, the, the you want to get more high performance, obviously. But, you know, humans, you know, learn by, you know, recognizing things and avoiding them in the future. And I didn't think that was a that was a thing, you know, because, you know, we have been, you know, Song and I have been victims of pattern matching in the opposite direction because, you know, we're we're African-Americans in tech and and they don't see that many to reach this level. But but with that being said, you know, I understand it now because you see when people interview what commonalities they have and you naturally, you know, go towards or gravitate to ones that make sense for, for your for your business. And 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 it, you, you do that. So I think, you know, overall, you know, you got to recognize those those patterns, recognize those traits that you deem that you deem good and then try to get towards towards that. Yeah, I think that the important thing is to like we all pattern match, like all humans do it. It's ingrained in our evolution and we all have biases. But I think that the important thing is to develop a skill at the company of like pattern matching for traits that actually are important. So not, you know, things like what school do they go to, you know, obviously race, gender, age, things like that. Like that is actually like, a, a, if you're making decisions based on that, mm-hmm. you're biased in, in a negative way. But if, if, if you, if you, if you optimize for like people who have had been through something challenging and, and showed, you know, leadership through, through struggle, like that's, that's something that we do want. And we, we will pattern match for that, you know, regardless of where somebody comes from. So I think that it's just like building those muscles internally within the company over time, you know, it helps, helps to get the best talent. Wow. Did you guys, would you say that you learned these skills or I would, I would say almost being mindful of pattern matching, implicit bias. I couldn't agree with you more. I think we all have it. And would you say that you've been able to hone that skill, that awareness during your time at at, at Squire? So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, prior to Squire, I never really did any hiring. So it was something that I de- definitely built and have continued to develop over these years, you know, being in this position. It's, it's, it's definitely a skill set that most people will probably never have to develop until they're in a manager or like leadership position, which, you know, some people will probably never be in that position. That's, and you know, it's, it's fine. It's not something you really think about until you have to think about it. And, and like I said, it's an ongoing learning process, you know, constantly trying to improve and get better and, and learn from mistakes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it also has a lot of, you know, uh, crossover to so many things that are happening in our country right now too, right? Implicit biases exist in all forms. And I think the awareness that you're bringing to even how that applies to your hiring process, the skills and the muscles that you're developing in that awareness actually may uh, reveal itself in, in just being a better citizen, you know, and being better to other people in the community, even beyond Squire. So I just wanted to add that quickly. So I appreciate you bringing that to our attention. You know, it's funny, you were saying earlier, you know, when we were 20 or 30 people, and you could scale and you grow, you know, it was a little bit easier, I I think, when you were hiring 10 people a year, 
And, and now you guys are doubling and even tripling your employee base every year. So specifically, you know, could you educate our listeners? Could you educate us on what you may be doing really differently during scale at this point of scale than maybe you were doing when you were just getting started or hiring, you know, fewer yeah, people mean, in the past? How have things really, I, I really mean, changed? I mean, things are changing every day. One in, one in particular is, you know, having employees get a second look, like a gut check from human resources, just to see if it feels right. You know, because I, 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 I believe, you know, if you have, if you talk to some more than the hiring managers are only talking to a select amount of group, the hiring manager from a different department are only, only talking to select uh, a group of people, but the HR professionals are talking mm-hmm. to everybody. So they can recognize these traits across the organization. And if something doesn't feel right, they can put a stop to it. And the people that they have flagged in 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 the in the in the process usually haven't worked out. So that's one thing. And the second thing is trust your intuition. Trust your intuition with with hiring. Uh, not to not to pick, talk about you know what we spoke to about before, but that is usually right. If if something looks like a fish, smells like a fish, it's probably a fish. And and people, you know, and what we've learned, you know, what I've learned is if you don't trust your intuition, I mean, you know, you look at the data, but the, the data tells you something. And then, you know, data with intuition, I think, is the kind of uh, uh, thing that makes you make good decisions. So, you know, circle back. We instituted HR for a gut check to, to be that intuition because personally, you know, neither Song or my, myself can actually speak to everybody right now. And that has, that's a process that we actually incorporated now that we did not have when we were first Interesting. started. Anything you could add to that, Song? Now versus like early on, the importance of the people department is, is so much more apparent. We didn't realize that prior up to getting to this level and those professionals add so much value to the company, particular at particularly at scale. So that's something that we really, really like appreciate the importance of um, finding the right leaders at the top for that department is, is super critical because that department is actually the only department that touches everything else. You know, maybe finance to a degree, but but really like the people department actually like works with every employee and like a real you know, sometimes intimate level and, and getting that right is like crit- critically important. And then also like supporting with resources because that that's the, the department that probably has the biggest impact on it. So, yeah. And earlier on, we just didn't, you know, you know, obviously you, you, you're not going to hire head of, head of HR or, or something like that until you reach a certain scale. So like the first 20, 30 employees, like that wasn't on our radar at all. Oh, I can't imagine. So, you know, for, for entrepreneurs that are at an earlier stage where you guys were when you were really onboarding the people department, you know, maybe it would be really beneficial to help us understand how did you build it? How did you build the people department? And you talked about resources. What specific resources should younger entrepreneurs or earlier stage entrepreneurs consider as they really embark, you know, 
about growing the, specifically the people department? Well, early on, the founders are the people department. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, when there's an issue, people right, are getting right. along, like, you're exactly. going to come to. And, and, you know, early on, that's okay. But it's going to get to a certain point where it'll start to really start weighing you down. And it's just so much like employee relations issues and other like where you're like, I have to offload this. And when you start feeling that pressure, like that's the time to start thinking about who to bring on. And, you know, we're still building out our people department, actually. So we're currently hiring for a head of people. So if anybody knows, you know, hey, you know any recommendations, feel free to reach out. But um being at this position really made us appreciate how, like, you know, how important it was to really get that right. And I, I think it's, I think, you know, like, I would think if we want to put a number to it, I think it's around 30, 30 or 50 that you need to, you know, you can't, you can't manage it anymore. And you don't want to manage it anymore. You know, people start having, you're not, you're not, you don't have the expertise, number one, and you don't want to make, you want to, you don't want to be liable you don't want to become liable. You want to put a layer between, you know, uh, between you and these issues, so they don't, you know, it, they don't. You're not in, in indicated, or you're not in, in in the in the in the issue. So the people is also in, in the people department is also to protect, you know, the founders as well as protect the employees. Yeah. Wow. What a great. You're you're so right. What are I mean, Dave, just to tap into that issues area, have you seen common issues across the employee base? You know, are there standard ones that, that, that we I, should I mean, expect as, as we embark so, across so, a, so, a so scale? One is going to be equity and, you know, not equity, physical equity, but equity amongst the employees. You know, fairness, somebody's being treated better than others, et cetera. Compensation is going to be one. You know, manager, you know, well, that goes into equity, but essentially like people not being tra- treated fairly, you know, people have problems. And then and then, you know, like what we've been experiencing lately is employees that, you know, as a tech company, you want to be forgiving or or you want to have empathy with your employees in terms of situations, in terms of COVID, et cetera. And, and some folks, you know, just take advantage, you know, they just take advantage of, you know, your kindness. And, you know, if, if you were at, you know, and you want to be protected from that, but, you know, it goes so far and you don't want to, you know, I think that bad tier, not that, that tier of employee that you should screen for, you know, those are the ones that do it, you know, high performances, high performance people don't, don't, don't take advantage, but you know, you want to show empathy, but you want to be equitable to everybody. You know, and and that consistency is across the entire employee base must be very difficult as you continue to scale up. Like how do you keep track of it all? (laughs) Right. Uh So it's so funny. So you brought up head of people. So what, that's an interesting position and sounds timely. What characteristics are you looking for out of curiosity? Somebody who, has kind of done it before. So we're at the stage now where we're, you know, scaling rapidly, high growth. We need to start bringing on experts who have really, you know, been in this place before and have excelled, not people who are figuring it out as they go. And and so really, you know, somebody who's been at a high growth, you know, type of company, managed an organization, you know, of, you know, 200 plus, you know, employees, hopefully even more, and really has like, 
what we found is that there's a lot of technical knowledge that goes into this role. You know, they don't need to be lawyers necessarily, although many of them all do have law degrees, uh, but they need to be pretty familiar with the legal landscape related to employment, you know, HR issues in different states. It can get fair, it's a fairly sophisticated and, and, and technical role, more so than I thought before. So those are the kind of things that, you know, we're looking for that's, you know, that, that hopefully we'll find. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great, great people, talent out there. And I'm sure even at this level, you know, in adherence to the core values of Squire and the culture that you guys have bet or have embarked on, you know, I would imagine is uh, still at the forefront, especially when you're hiring somebody who will be in charge of, you know, ensuring yeah, the consistency among the talent as you expand yeah. is there. So it's cool. What would you say, you know, you, you guys have done so much of the hiring now, like if you found anything or one aspect of your hiring process to be particularly critical in identifying and selecting the right candidate. You know, like the process that you've deployed, like what is the most important process? And by the way, you can tap into your past, you know, not just today as you scale, but even when you were really getting started on your first few key employees. So uh, I'll start. I think one of the important things that we haven't always done, but it's very important and, and and the times we didn't do it, we paid for it, is to really do like thorough background and like actually like talk, you know, if you can, like try to talk to somebody they've worked with. Cause like that is often like says so much if you're able to, if you're able to do that. And another thing is like, which we do, we're, we do a really good job of this in our product and engineering org, and we're gonna start doing it more for other areas, but for like senior positions, leadership positions, I think, it's important to like actually like see some demonstration of like their skill set. So like a project, give them a project to, to present to the leadership, give them something to do in their wheelhouse that like if they're an A player, they're going to eat it up. Like if you're an A player and somebody gives you a project, you're like, yes, I'm going to rock this. And, sh- and they're going to see that I'm like, that I'm such a star. If you're not an A player, you're going to be like, nervous about it or like oh man this is more and i think that's a big screen and like for our product engineering like we've, we've done a really good job of that and our, our our engineering team is like all-star like i put them against anybody any other tech company and and i think that that will do really well for like all the departments as well but on the senior level not for everybody but for the more senior roles dave what, what have you learned in that area thanks for that insight I, I learned some new tricks right there song so thanks for that insight <laughs> Dave, do you have anything to add yeah. to uh, Song's uh, wisdom, your co-founder's wisdom on this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you just got to vet people. People will make stuff up. You know, people will, you know, you got to get, you got to be real thorough. And, 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 and you know, I think YC had a, has an old, you know, ad age quote, you know, that, you know, we didn't really realize that that made a lot of sense. It says, hire slow, fire fast. You know, so so hire slow. Take your time. The times that we did make the wrong, we were, we were we just wanted to get somebody in a role, and that necessarily is not the best strategy to just get somebody in a role. And I think that was because a couple of reasons we were having pressure by the board to fill it to receive you know compensation, which should never be never be a KPI. Or okay, I think you know we should have pushed back on that, and you know. But but the the 
the learning here, I think, is you have to go through the process because we are not going to make those same mistakes twice because we've learned from those mistakes. So now we're going to be thorough. And that's why, you know, as a first-time founder, which we are, even though we, we, we think we, we founded three companies in one year because the amount of change it has gone through, I, I think you just have to learn from mistakes. And we've we made mistakes. We've made a lot of mistakes. But I think the true testament is if we make the same mistakes again. And, and luckily, we've been fortunate not to. And, you know, it's my understanding that we won't go So I, I like those little taglines, Dave, you know, hire slow, fire fast. We used to have a saying when I was at Xerox, all hat, no cattle. And so I think some of the, the guidance that you've given us and our listeners in, in, in this podcast around give them a project, really test their acumen and experience in very specific things, especially maybe even at the more senior roles and really see whether or not they rock it or not or get nervous about it, right? I think you're, you're in some way it reminds me of all hat, no cattle. You, you want to see the who the players are and who the posers are. So I appreciate that reminder of that. You know, we've I think getting just to dig a little bit deeper on what you guys were saying, we've all made bad choices. For anybody who's been in a hiring position as a manager, senior leader, executive, whatever, we've all made bad choices. To your point, Dave, like we've all made mistakes. And frankly, it could have, as you know, have varying degrees of consequences, you know, from minor distractions to catastrophic on performance. So I, I presume you guys have found yourself in this situation. So, you know, maybe most specifically, what would you say are the most important lessons? Even beyond learning from your mistakes, what do you think the most important lessons as you reflect on maybe making some of those uh, challenging decisions that didn't work out so well? What have you learned? So I, I think some of the stuff we mentioned earlier about the importance of screening, you know, yeah. doing referrals, doing a project like those, that we, we came up, we learned that from, from experience, from things we didn't do that we should, we should have done uh, better. Another one, you know, not for nothing, uh, is get insurance, <laughs> get, 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 get uh, you know, liability coverage and stuff. Because so, like, you know, when you get big enough, like somebody's going to sue you. Uh, uh, and if you have insurance uh, for the company, um, it just gives you a lot more comfortability, like, pushing back and, and, and letting somebody go who's a bad apple, knowing that, you know, people, some people are always going to do what they're going to do, but like your, your exposure is limited and you can kind of move on as a company because, you know, no VC back company startup like wants to be in litigation and, and people know that, you know, so, so, you know, they, they do things just so they, they can hopefully settle and, if you have insurance, you know, you, you can just kind of put things to bed and move on because ultimately like that's what that's what you're, that's what the company's here for to keep growing and succeeding. And these little legal issues and employee issues sometimes can be a big distraction. Well said. Agreed. Dave, anything to add on that topic? No, songs really pretty much sums it up. I love it. Before we get into some, you know, some parts of the podcast are maybe a little bit more fun, rapid fire. Etc. Any other additional comments on talent? Any additional thoughts, wisdom, experience that you've been through that you can share with our listeners? I mean, I would just say I hope this conversation didn't sound too negative because employees are, are, are the bedrock of the company. 
they're what this, they're what's going to keep propelling you. You know, they become friends, they become teammates, and it's, it's it's you know it's an honor to even be able to be in a position to bring on these many people to, to join you know something that we started. So you know, ultimately, your employees are your greatest asset. So you've got to invest in them. You've got to you know protect them, encourage them, do everything you can to empower them to succeed. And uh, yeah, if you do that, you, you you're much more likely to be successful as a company. Well said, Dave. Yeah, I mean, talent. I mean, a company is just a collection of people, a collection of people marching towards a singular goal. So that collection needs to be nurtured. It needs to be cared for and it needs to be invested in. And ultimately, that community will, you know, do things or will return on investment. And and I think people are the strongest investment you can make, an investment in people. So my 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 thought process around that is invest in your people and it will be a great return. Love it. For you and love it. That yep. couldn't be better said. Well, this is called the call me crazy moment. Uh, you guys both know Linda Rotenberg really well, the founder of Endeavor. And she's always said, call me crazy. Crazy is a compliment. So if both of you could each address what has been your call me crazy moment. Song? You go first. Yeah. Working hard at college, getting into you know Yale Law School, and going to one of the top firms, prestigious law firms in the country, and then like leaving that after a couple of years to go start a, a barbershop software. Uh, I'm sure people thought I was crazy. They're like, why would you do that? You're at the top of your game, and now you're just jumping into something that like nobody knows you, and you know, nobody cares about what you did. But hey, it's worked out so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, the bold for the 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 bold the, the what did it say? The fortune fault fortune favors the bold. Favors the bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, same similar similar situation, you know, moving back home, you know, at twenty eight years old, you know, to start this, you know, sleeping on the couch for six months, not having no any money, when I easily got a job, you know, that was that was tough. You know, that was tough. But, you know, people, you know, people who don't take risks really change history. So, you know, and that's what it's about. It's about inspiring others to, you know, be bold, be daring and pursue their dreams. And I think I think we're serving as a beacon of hope for folks that come after us, folks that look like us. Folks that, you know, come from impoverished backgrounds like both Song and, and myself. This is a dream to believe in themselves that they, they could be greater than their current situation. Oh, man. No wonder why people are attracted to you guys, uh, it, you know, and your boldness. I, it's just amazing. I, I personally, I think you're both batshit crazy. And, and so I, I think I think there's a whole new <laughs> chapter that, that Linda could put in her, her and call me crazy. And, and, and it would be in, entitled Dave and Song. So in the Squire journey. So I, I admire you guys. And this is a reason why people and, you know, in our country love our entrepreneurs, because you're bold, you take risks, you know, and you inspire innovation and creativity and growth. And 
and you, and you empower people to be a part of that community and, and you provide jobs and wisdom and opportunities. And, and I just admire the heck out of both of you guys. A uh, couple last questions, you know, real quick and digestible. We got a couple rapid fire questions, you know, hopefully for our listeners so that our listeners get to know you guys a bit better. Name a song. Why don't you go first? Dave, why don't you go first? Name a company and CEO that most inspires you. Company, name, and company. I like, that's a tif- tif- difficult one. Song, go first. I got to think about it. <laughs> No, right, no, you know, you know I'm gonna pick, and people are gonna hate, hate me for it. But I don't, I don't care. I don't care if they're gonna hate me, man. Elon Musk, you know, I don't care what you say. All the Bitcoin shit, I don't care about that. Like what this guy's doing is incredible for one human being to do to do so much and and to create these companies. Like if you're not as an entrepreneur, if you're not inspired by that, then you're just being a hater. It's like it's like it's like saying uh, LeBron is not great. Like. As far as entrepreneurs go, he's like on the brown level. He's one of the greatest uh, of our of our time, and it's super inspiring to see what yeah. this company. I would say, if I had to say, probably Jack Dorsey. You know, to be CEO of two companies, two companies that's you know virtually you know changed. One of them changed the world, which is Twitter. Another one, you know, is a fintech play, but it, it made resources more accessible for folks, for small businesses, it's very commendable, you know, it's very commendable. And also, you know, Cash App is about pop culture and anything that leans on the culture, anything that does that or empowers the culture is something I'm a fan of. And he just does what he wants. I feel like, I feel like people have these molds of like what CEOs and founders of these big companies supposed to do. And they're just doing what the hell they want. And that, to me, if you're going to march by your own, the beat of your own drum and still be successful in the face of these folks that, you know, aren't on that same wavelength, I mean, that's very, very impressive. People don't change. Stay true to who you are. Right on. Uh, Son, what are you reading or listening to right now? I'm listening a few podcasts, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, actually, but the one that I've been listening to a lot, all in with uh, Chamath and Jason uh, Kalanakis and a couple other guys, they really are like, you know, if you want insights into venture, VC, you know, the tech world, like they really talk, drop a lot of gems and, they, and they're just very really current to everything going on. And uh, I listen to a bunch of, I listen to a lot of political podcasts and a lot of science, technology stuff, but that's probably the one that I, I listen to on the most regular now. So you should check it out. Cool. Dave? It's called you know, All, all In. All In. Yeah. Well, I mean, I listen to like, you know, some hip hop stuff. Podcasts allow you to do stuff while you were doing other stuff. <laughs> so when you're working out, you can you can listen to a podcast and, you know, you can digest the information, you know, rel- relatively efficiently. So Earn Illusion is one that I that I listen to. That's a good one. Yeah, so that's, that's one Guys, I Guys, uh, both of you, just so you know, like this was a total softball question because both of you, you were saying, hey, you know, we, we listen to the multiplier effect, right? Consistently. Which is, <laughs> which is our podcast, right? So that's... Um, <laughs> Out of it, out of it, In addition to the multiplier effect, we listen to All In and a lot of hip hop uh, podcasts. What uh, song? What's some of the best business advice you've ever received? Wow, that's a make something people love. Another YC 
gym, which is just so true. You know, at the end of the day, like that's what matters. Your customers. If you if you don't have a product or service your customers love and will pay for it, like you're not gonna succeed. Everything else is kind of noise. Everything else, you know, that that's what most things boil down to. So that that was that was that was an important one. It's a good good lesson for being a parent as well, by the way. I've always noticed. Uh, Dave, what about you? Can you repeat the question? Sure. What's some of the best business advice you've ever received? Uh, you know, high, slow, fire, fast, obviously. And 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 you know, another gem is do something you love. Do something you love. People understand that. Like, you know, if we didn't love this problem, if we weren't like, you know, like haircuts is something you get all day. But if we I'm not so much in love with the process of getting haircut. I'm in love with helping small businesses and making these guys barbershop succeed because they are the they are the the link the linchpin in the communities around the world. And if they win, communities win. And if communities win, people win. And most of these, or a good number of barbershops are in communities of color. So if they win, communities of color win. So I think I'm passionate about that problem, helping these guys become better businessmen, helping these guys become, you know, lighthouses in their community and, you know, able to spread that economic dollar within the community better. That's what I'm passionate about. Well, fellas, I have to say, I think we can end there because, you know, I think this was a really important, inspirational session with both of you. I, I just on behalf of the listeners and, and Endeavor, I'm just tapping into your wisdom, your experiences, your thoughts, what you've learned during the time uh, that you've been building this great company and, and, and building a great team. Just to tap into that just for a short while has been really a great joy, not only for me and, and, and for the people producing this, but I'm sure for the people who will be listening to this. So thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for inspiring us and continue uh, the great work you're doing and Endeavor, our colleagues, our group, and our entire ecosystem will always be there to back your success and help you accelerate your growth. Thanks so much for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Special thanks to Dave and Song for joining us on the show. For more information about this episode, head to our website at themultiplieraffectpodcast.org. See you next week.